driving my wife's minivan full of samples and products. And I was actually working a show for a member on my team, but I got pulled over and I did admit I was speeding, but the officer actually came to the window and and I'm driving my wife's car and he asked for my driver's license as well as my insurance and registration. And, you know, obviously I can produce my driver's license and he was on the passenger side of the door. And I actually had a thought that came to my head and it's sad. I felt the need to share with this officer that I was reaching across to the glove box to grab my insurance papers. Hi everyone, it's Johanna Gottlieb with Access Promotions, and today I'm with my chair, Kate Plummer, with Dermot Awards. And today we have a special guest. We're speaking with Deshaun Diggs. He is the VP of National Accounts with Gemline. So thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Glad to be on with you guys. Awesome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background in this industry? I always find it interesting to hear people's stories on how they got started (laughs) because no one knows about this industry until they're in it, it seems. Tell us about your background and how you got started here. Absolutely. So I will start with I've been at Gymline for about 15 years and working in various roles on the sales side of things. But before Gymline, I worked at Gear for Sports, which is an apparel company based out of Kansas. And there I managed our licensed sports division, as well as a military division there at the company. And interesting how things kind of played out, but Jim Lyon actually produced bags for Gear for Sports under a private label. And so at Gear, they had, you know, many different divisions. They had a corporate division a golf, a resort, a college bookstore, and then the licensed sports and the military, which were the two that I managed. And the team from Gymline came to gear to partner up in regards to doing the private label with the bags. And what they did is they talked to each of the different division heads at Gear for Sports to see if there were opportunities. So the partnership initially started with Gear for Sports corporate division and gym line, but then they reached out, like I said, to those other divisions to see if there were opportunities. And we built a little relationship and we were doing some things on the military side. And I got to know the team at gym line pretty well. And from there, that's how the relationship formed. And when I came over to gym line, to your point, I knew really nothing about the promotional products industry and learn pretty quick, you know, how things worked and where the opportunities were. And I knew product and decorated product, but I just didn't know the corporate side of the business and the promotional side of it. But great place. I've been there for 15 years, as I just stated. And it's really a great culture that's been created with Jonathan Isaacson, the president and CEO of the company. And it's been a great place to be. Awesome. So it seems so traditional that no one comes to this industry. They all just kind of fall into it in every way. So when you first entered it, what sort of advice did you get for engaging with people, how sales was different from gear sports? What was the best advice that you got that you would carry through? Yeah, well, 
the one thing right off the bat that was different was in the corporate side of things, you sail through a distributorship. And so you had that two-step approach where previously at Gear, we sold directly to the end consumer. So when I mentioned I worked on the license side of things, we had licenses with Major League Baseball, NHL, NBA, and all the universities and colleges. So we were selling directly to them. And coming to Gymline, that was probably the biggest change is that now we were selling through distributors in the industry. So the message wasn't getting communicated directly to the end client. It was going through a distributor. And I had to figure out pretty quick, how do you engage? How do you train? How do you get them up to speed on that message that we wanted to get communicated from Gymline to through them? So one thing was, how do you become an extension of your distributor partners and let them know that what you're doing is trying to bring goodwill and help them close sales at the end of the day? So that was a big thing just right off the jump. And, you know, then just little things too. The customer's always right. And, you know, and not feeling like you had to have an answer for everything. That there was a wonderful team and many talented people that worked in different departments from marketing to sales to product development and design team that was designing and building 80% of the products that were there. So we can rely and lean into some of those other departments and not feel like you had to have the answer, you know, always for the client and lean on your team and let them go to work with you together in that effort. Your advice now for people coming in, would you change it at all? Would you make people aware of like, you've got to think about it this way? Yeah, I think there's some things that I would certainly keep the same. And I think listening to your customer is always been paramount. I think there's much to learn. You know, when you take the time to just sit back, listen, ask really good questions and probing questions, but you'll learn so much by just kind of sitting back. And And I think sometimes as salespeople, we want to talk, we want to be heard, we want to share, but a lot can be gained by just sitting back and listening to the customer. And You know, other things too, you know, we want to bring solutions to the table. We're all about telling stories with our customers. And then at the end of the day, it's about getting the business. And I think the right thing to do is to ask for the business and thank people for their business. And the last thing I would say with that is it's okay to break things. And certainly in this day that we're all in right now, you have to be able to adapt to your customers' needs. And that's one thing that Gemline, fortunately, has been very good at. But I think if you do those things, they stuck with me and I share them out with my team. And I think it allows them to have success and they're able to engage with their customers well. I have a question to add to that layer there is that you're actually one of, unfortunately, a rare black supplier rep out there. So when you first came in the industry, like, have you noticed a change from representation in this industry? It's still not great, but have you noticed a change? And did you wish you'd gotten different advice when you came in? Did you come from a diverse industry and move into this one or was it the same? Well, I would say the industry in dealing on the license side of the sports and the military side, there were more people of color in the industry, but still not many more. But certainly coming to the promotional product side of things, 
it maybe has gotten a little bit better in the 15 years I've been doing it. And I say right, wrong, or indifferent, but I joke sometimes. But in some ways, I find it a little bit to be sad. But if people can't remember me, I tell them I'm going to take issue with that because (laughs) usually when I'm in the room, I can always count on two hands for sure, but most one hand, how many African-Americans are in that room. So it's gotten a little bit better. I see a few more people of color, but we got some work to be done. And this is just something that I've shared with my kids and my family is in most cases, regardless whether it's work or social events, things tied to work, in most cases, I'm the minority. And like you said, it's gotten a little bit better, but not a whole lot has changed in the 15 years that I've been working in this industry. Thanks for helping us take that personal turn here in the podcast. I have the same joke. I often hear, you know, sorry, I didn't know we met, or someone would say like, I'll say, oh, we've met before. And they'll say, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. I always say I'm very easily forgettable (laughs) because that's very not true. I know you and I have met. (laughs) I will personally be insulted if you forget the loud girl on the back that keeps raising her hand and making sure she's heard. So I'm very forgettable. It's not a big deal. (laughs) Uh, I'm not forgettable. That's definitely not the case. We go back and I still very clearly remember meeting you for the first time. So Awesome. There's just a lot going on in the world right now, right? So we have our industry challenges of becoming more diverse, which I think is actually something people really want to work on right now. I think people don't know what to do. So I think just having conversations and some of the conversations I've heard recently are definitely going to be for the better for our personal industry. Mm -hmm. But personally in your life, you know, what's been going on the last few weeks and how do you feel about this movement and what do you think about things being different this time? Well, the thing I would just say is it appears now and what's going on and what's happening, you have young people, you have old people, you have people of different backgrounds and color getting involved. And people are utilizing different tools that are available to them, some via social media. And it just seems like people's voices are being heard. Right now, you know, we've been without sports. I'm a big sports fan, but we haven't had that, you know, the last several weeks. But now some of these sports are coming back, be it the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL. These things are coming back, but you're seeing some of these athletes that are taking advantage of a platform that they have. And whether it's LeBron James in basketball or Bubba in the NASCAR race or whoever it might be. But I think across the board, whether it's through sports, whether it's through young people, old people, whether they're utilizing social media, Instagram, Twitter, different things are available and accessible to people. And they're taking action and people are doing different things to invoke change. And it just seems that whatever, if we back up, you know, three, four weeks ago, you know, I wondered, was it going to just be, you know, the flavor of the month, the flavor of the week? And there's hashtags and you see different things. But for some reason, I feel like it's a staining 
and it seems to be carrying out. And I see it maybe just moving forward and not necessarily slowing down. So in some ways, and this is me being an optimist and certainly having high hopes that this can be carried forward and we can make change and be better. Awesome. Of course, you bring sports into it. I was just joking with my husband because, as you guys know, sports started to come back, I guess, three or four days ago. And he immediately was sucked into it. And I said, wow, I really did not miss being ignored. (laughs) 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 Sports were on. It's just I had forgotten for those first few months of how engaged and entertained I had him. And that all just went out the window. But I do love that certain athletes are using their voice. I just listened to a podcast with Bubba, which was really nicely done. And I agree, there are athletes that are using their voices for the right platform. Certainly a lot of actors that I follow on Instagram. And more importantly, people that are younger, people that have a voice and want to speak up and use the Instagrams and the Twitters. And so I'm actually going to roll this into the next question just because we're talking about young people. And I think there's some young people in your home, youngish, correct? You have three boys? Correct. Three of them. (laughs) Busy household. Busy household. I know we've joked about the grocery bill over there. Oh, yeah. I'm sure this has been a really impactful time for you and your wife because of the conversations you've been having with them. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about what life has been with three young boys and what you're doing to talk to them. Yeah. So, and they're probably not so young now. I got a 20-year-old that will be a junior in college at Notre Dame. And then I have two in high school. So a 17 and a 16-year-old. And, you know, with everything going on, some were studying abroad and some travels with baseball. But with everything going on, we've had all three of the boys at home (laughs) at one time. And we haven't had that in a while. And normally I'm traveling quite a bit. And my wife works from home as well. So everybody's been at home. And there's been, you know, plenty of things that are going on in the news and what you see on TV and on websites, et cetera. But I've really found it important to try to educate my boys, you know, and what I tell them is there's always stuff that's going on outside of our home. And I can try to manage things, but I can't father, I can't, you know, police everything that's happening outside of my house, but I certainly can with the three of them. And I just want them to know that it kind of goes back to real basic things, you know, be kind, do right and treat others like you want to be treated. And if you do those things, not everything will work itself out, but it will be amazing how when you do good, good things typically happen to you. And this started very young. I told them, you know, you have to learn how to engage. You have to learn how to look people in the eye, give firm handshakes. And when you do that, you will learn to earn people's respect. And, you know, and some people may be biased. They may show racism. And some of it is just because they don't know. But what you can control is, is how you handle yourself. You know, how do you carry yourself? So if people may be uneducated or maybe it's just they have this unconscious racism that may exist because they just don't know or they haven't been exposed or been around, but the way they carry and handle themselves, 
they can set an example and maybe they can be a part of that education that someone who hasn't been around a person of color, but they can hear these three young individuals, how will they handle themselves? How when they are introduced, they can put a firm handshake on you and they can look you in the eye and they can engage. Whether you're young, old, or indifferent, they can carry a conversation and talk with you. And they will realize, regardless of your color, your ethnicity, or where you're from, they're no different than where I am and who I am. And I'll share a little story. I told my wife it was a learning opportunity, I felt like. And when all this was going on, I got a speeding ticket, actually. I'm driving my wife's minivan full of samples and products. And I was actually working a show for a member on my team, but it just made sense. It was closer for me to do it instead of having them travel from Massachusetts to the Midwest. But I got pulled over and I did admit I was speeding, but the officer actually came to the window and and I'm driving my wife's car and he asked for my driver's license as well as my insurance and registration. And, you know, obviously I can produce my driver's license, but, you know, the insurance and registration, and he was on the passenger side of the door. And I actually had a thought that came to my head and it's sad. I felt the need to share with this officer that I was reaching across to the glove box to grab my insurance papers. And I'm telling my boys this and I'm like, should I have had to do that? No, probably not. But did I feel the need to do that? I did. Just given everything that's going on around us, I felt the need to share with that officer what I was doing. And I get it. I share with him. He goes back and does whatever they do. And then he comes back and he asks me, could I get out and join him in his car? And I was like, hmm, okay. Not that I get pulled over often, but I had never had that request, you know, to join. And so I wasn't belligerent or anything, but I did ask the question, why was that request being asked? You know, I have never had that before. And the officer shared that this was a new practice that they were asking of people when it was on an interstate that instead of, you know, conversing or exchanging information via, you know, in the car, standing outside, could they join in? And and I'm thinking, okay, is it because, you know, my skin color and I'm African-American? And he explained, no, they would ask any and all to do that unless, you know, there was elderly or, you know, there were some injuries or something like that. So he explained that. So I was like, okay, that seemed reasonable enough. So I got out, got in the car, we talked, we went through things. He gave me a warning, didn't give me a ticket. I came back, I left, I went my way. But there were a couple of things I took away. And one I just talked about, I felt the need to explain me getting my registration and information out. Me, again, when I had always told my boys, you look people in the eye and have a conversation. But the other thing, when he asked me to get out, I, initially my thoughts were, Hmm. <laughs> I had some thoughts and some things I was going to verbalize, but I didn't. But I did ask the question. And long story short, 
you know, regardless of getting a ticket or not getting a ticket, it's how do you handle yourself in situations like that? And that individual I was dealing with, he was doing his job. I was speeding. He pulled me over. They had some protocols that they were following or whatever, and they were new and I hadn't heard them. But I asked the questions. He answered the questions and things were fine. But I've seen and I've heard too many scenarios that don't end that way. You know, whether a police officer taking aggression with somebody or somebody on the other end taking aggression back with somebody. And so, again, I can't tell everybody how they're to manage their business, but I tell my three boys, this is how you need to handle yourself and how you need to present yourself. And that scenario and situation could have went a total different direction, but it didn't. And it goes back to doing basic things. He was doing his job. I felt like I was doing my job of asking questions, but taking some precautions because I didn't know who that individual was on the other side of that. So anyway, on the long, on the short, I didn't mean to go into a long story with that, but those are some of the conversations and dialogue that I'm having with my boys. But at the end of the day, I go back to be good, do kind, look people in the eye, do firm handshake, basic things, and then educate yourself. You can always be learning something, whether it's in school, whether it's about your history, your background, where you're from, but set an example and know people, when you don't think it, are looking at you and be that example, a positive example to share and show. So anyway, those are some of the things that we've been talking about at the Diggs household, amongst many other things. They're three good kids and they drive me crazy at times, but they're good kids. It's interesting times for them right now, though. Thank you for sharing that story. I think it's important for our audience to hear stories like that. And I appreciate it as well. It's definitely a touching and personal one, but I appreciate it. Sure. Yeah. I love that your advice to your boys is that their power resides in them and that it doesn't depend on others. It depends on how they engage with the world. And even their experience, as you say, is going to be different just from the nature of who they are and what they look like. But that Mm -hmm. They have that control over the situation. That's lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Two of them are in high school. And I'll share another thing. I tell them at times, it doesn't really matter. But if you get four high school kids in a car, and typically around holidays or high school proms or homecomings, if it's St. Patrick's Day or if it's this, typically police officers and cops they're looking for kids and they sometimes right, wrong, or indifferent. They're looking out or they up to no good or what are they up to or this. And like I said, and this goes beyond black, white, or whatever your background may be. But again, you do the right things, but they have to be cognizant of their surroundings and where they are and just understanding that sometimes they may make assumptions that if there's four or five teenage kids in a car, they may be up to no good. So don't give them a reason, you know, to pull you over or to do this or that. But again, these are always just learning opportunities, opportunities for me to share and engage my kids, you know, so they're aware and hopefully they can pass those things along 
to their kids and maybe their kids aren't having to deal or worry about some of the things that I had to worry about or my father or relative or whomever, but there's always learnings and I'm looking to share and pass those on to my kids. Yeah, I know we've talked about my kids are opposite end of the spectrum, right? I have a baby that's 19 months Mm -hmm. and I really had to think about that for a second (laughs) (laughs) and a daughter that's five. And in some ways I'm super curious and super proud of how we're raising them, but also curious just about their generation because you know, we're really living in this moment and parenting is so hard as is, but we're living in this pandemic moment and this movement movement that is, means so much to our family. And I know regardless, we'd be raising them with the same morals and values and how to treat people. But now more than ever, this is being driven home through community and peers and teachers. So mm-hmm. I'd love to see how this generation of children, you know, looks and acts in 10, 15, 20 years and hoping it makes a big difference because again, there's so little, the Sesame Street specials I'm seeing put on and all these specials for parents to help educate. It's impactful and it's important. And I didn't have that growing up. And, you know, I was lucky to be raised in a household where our parents did teach us the right thing and schools obviously did as well. No one taught us the wrong thing in any way, shape, or form, but it's really being driven home in such a positive way mm-hmm. that I hope it does affect our children positively. Absolutely. And I don't think you can ever start really too young. And, and you're right. We had some conversation and our kids are kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum there, but it's interesting times, you know, and whether you're a teenager or if you're two, three, four years old, they're being exposed to so many different things right now. And as parents, like you said, it hasn't gotten any easier. Regardless of the age, you know, there's different concerns, right, that we're dealing with. But hopefully, and I've seen it, and especially with my oldest, they want to be involved. They want to make change, you know, and it was really impactful. When he told me, Dad, I want this to be different. So when i have kids. I don't want them to be going through the same things that are taking place now, you know, and that really hit me. It sunk in, you know, I'm like, wow, that was pretty thought provoking. And it made me kind of do this self reflection as to we really do need to be better. And what can I do? And how can others do things to make things better for us and for our future generations. Absolutely. Do you have any advice on how we can be better? What we could be doing as individuals and companies and industry-wide? Yeah, I mean, I think some of it, it really does start with just education. That self-learning can come in different shapes or forms, you know, whether it's books or whether it's Google or websites or different things that you can do as an individual. But as companies, and now I'm starting to see more of it, and it's good, but whether they're diversity or inclusion teams that could be put together, and I'm seeing some of those, and I'm on some of these different committees and talking about different things as far as the unconscious bias or their transformational learnings that could be out there. And what can we do as companies to really put ourselves out there on the hook to make sure our hiring practices are inclusive, right? And looking at people of all shapes, sizes, and colors and not having these biases 
in making sure that people feel inclusive, they feel empowered. And I'm starting to see it. Gymline started up a diversity inclusion team. I've seen it with some of our different suppliers, but also with some of our distributors in the marketplace as well. So I'm seeing it. It's starting to happen. PPAI, ASI are starting to do some things. And then you guys having a voice and having different speakers come on to talk about it. We haven't always had that. And I applaud you guys for staying true. I know you've had some previous speakers and talking about different things. And Johanna, I know you're very passionate about that. And I do applaud you for it. And I think more will come from that when they see these types of platforms taking place in the industry. Thank you. I'm curious, is Gemlines, this group you're mentioning, is that recent within like the last month or two? Yeah, it's very, very recent, actually. So really, we're officially kind of kicking that off the first week of August. And we'll be working with the team and some consultants and some other things. So it's very fresh. But I will say, and I talked a little bit earlier about the culture at Gemline, we have the Gem House. It's a foundation. And really, the core of that foundation is respect for people. And that is something that from Jonathan, our CEO, to Frank Carpenita, our president, it's very strong. And it's really what it's all about. We got respect for people and what they do. And everybody within the organization knows their voice can be heard. We have a continuous improvement program. We have idea generations. And what I mean by some of these things, when I say like an idea generation, we're trying to generate ideas from all different departments or groups within the organization. It's not Jonathan or myself or it's leadership that are trying to tell people how to do their job better. So it can be somebody in art. It can be somebody on the production floor, but they have an opportunity to be heard. And if they can find ways to be more efficient, more effective in their job, they submit ideas for that to happen. And again, another little story I'll just share. We have customers that come to our facility and we do tours and they see the production floor, they see the different departments, some of the continuous improvement that I was just mentioning to you. We talk about those different things, but usually after a, a day of being at Gymline and they see product, they touch and feel, they get to see the marketing and all the trends and some really fun things, but I always find it interesting. And this is something we ask usually any customer that comes through the building. We want to know what were their big takeaways? What were the headlines you know, from their visit when they came to Gymline? And it's pretty consistent, the response that we get. Most customers are most impressed by how passionate the people are about their job and what they do. And a lot of times they'll see it on the production floor. We have people that are leading tours on our production floor that maybe when they started at Gymline, they may not have been able to speak English. But now here they are leading a tour with some of our biggest customers and they're carrying and conversing in English where they have taught themselves or they got self-educated and they're leading these tours. They're talking about how they transform their work environment and their department, and they're cross-trained and leading different groups. But it's always, I find, goes back to that respect of people. 
But when our customers leave and they say that that is one of the biggest takeaways is the pride that people take in their work and how they felt empowered. And here they are leading a team and taking them through and showing them what work that they're doing. That I find to be pretty impressive. And I think when you can empower and educate people, those are good things. Everything I could hear, like the pride in your voice right now, like this proud dad moment. I love the way that you just spoke about that. Uh So two things to add to that. We have done a series called Stories from the Floor. Uh So the Promo Kitchen series we've done where we just highlight these stories like you shared of someone that is, listen, at the end of the day, if I really need something done, I know I could ask you for help or Lori or my rep. Uh But I know there's someone that's really making it happen, that's on the floor, that's getting their hands dirty, that's running the show and doing the tours and really making the magic happen. Mm -hmm. So we've highlighted these stories for different suppliers in the last year or so. And we call it Stories from the Floor, where we talk to someone like you just mentioned and hear their side. And and we've talked to people that English may not be their first language. And it's been very eye-opening because, again... The rats are always winning the awards and on the hot list, but we don't always hear from the people that are packing up the package and making sure, you know, UPS gets it to save the day. So, So I have actually a note in for Jonathan and I have been exchanging emails over the last two weeks about who to choose from Jamline. So that was good timing for you to share that story. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that's great that you guys are doing that. And you're right. It's so true. It takes a village typically that are supporting the efforts and Lori or whomever that you may be interacting with or Suzanne, they're wonderful, but there's always a team behind that are supporting their efforts. And and we, just another note on that is exceptional customer experience is really something that we're focused on at Gemline. And it's about exceeding customers' expectations. And that doesn't just stop and start with customer service because so many different departments, as you just mentioned, are involved in that process. Some are on the front end and engaging, customer facing, but some are on the back end and what they're doing, it's just as critical to what is being happening when we're delivering that product to your customer, you know? So I'm glad to hear that you've reached out to Jonathan and hopefully we'll be able to contribute and participate with what you guys are doing. Definitely. And my second part of what your story was is something I'd like to share is, and I've talked about this on other podcasts, but I... A lot of people know I'm a minority. My mother, who is no longer with us, was born in Cuba. And my father was born in Argentina. And they met in New York City. And English was certainly not their first language. I can share so many funny stories about my mom navigating three young girls in a world that wasn't the same as hers. But they turned out to have three daughters that got their master's. And one of them is here now, the chair of Pomo Kitchen. So the immigrant story for me is super powerful. I love how you shared some of that from on the Gemline side. And I think the more that we share stories like that and stories of people that don't look like everybody else, the more that we can empower one another. Absolutely. And sometimes they just have to see it sometimes, you know, and who would have imagined or envisioned where we are right now. But when they see it, they hear it. And then sometimes if we can pave the way and show the way, it can happen and we can have more people of like you and I and others that can be taking part in the industry. Yep. Well, you've answered so much for us today and really given us a lot to think about. Is there anything you want to add before we wrap this up? I'm glad to have the opportunity to share. And like I said, I've been in this industry for 15 years and working for a wonderful company with really good people. And 
the relationships that I've been able to foster and make, you know, over those years has meant a lot to me. And we're an interesting time and place with where we are as a society, as a company and what we're doing. But I think we all have a unique opportunity to educate and self-educate and do good, you know, and sometimes we can try to make things more complex than they really need to be, but it really comes back to those basic things. And it's just, let's do good, you know, understand what's right, what's wrong and try to do good. And if we can educate along the way, because some people may not have intentions or don't think that they're doing something that's not good, but if we can educate them along the way, I just think that's something that we have to do, you know, and I think if we continue to do these things, you guys continue to take your platform, others continue to step up their game and provide opportunities for us to share. And then if we can provide mentorship opportunities, internships where we can get more people, young people into the business and this side of the industry, we'll start to see a little more diversity that's there. So. Again, I thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to share a little insight about myself, about my family, about Gymline, and would love to engage further with you guys and your efforts and what you're doing. Awesome. Well, thank you. We'll take advantage of that completely. (laughs) You're offering, we know this isn't going to be done easily or quickly. So if you're willing to be part of it, we want you to be part of it. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, again, thanks again for your time. And I uh, appreciate the engagement and the partnership and friendship. So you guys lean into me if I can help or if Jim Line can help with anything. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.